0: Fear. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. So you you hear about fear all the time and you start thinking this is obviously something that's hardwired into us. What if I could tell you guys there is a contrarian point of view where you can actually leverage fear to create opportunity? Hang in there with us today on the Money Guy Show and we're going to tell you how to do that. How do we capitalize and turn fear into your friend? I'm your host, Brian Preston. It's Brian Preston, the money guy,
1: restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money
0: guy. Bo, there is so much to talk about and the fact that it's like Friday to me today.
1: Uh, no, Brian, you're, even though you
0: might be listening to the show on
1: Friday, it's not
0: actually Friday we're recording. So
1: what in the world are you talking about?
0: It's actually midweek and I'm actually flying out tomorrow with the entire fam to go hang out with Mickey and huddle in the, the bunker as Hurricane Matthew goes over.
1: So there are storm shelters, uh, at Disneyland. I Is that have what I'm no here?
0: idea. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this thing does something to where it only, hopefully it's, it's not that bad. And believe me, I'm I'm more concerned about the hurricane and what happens to the people on the coast versus my trip to Disney World. But it is definitely top of mind on the storm path and what's going on. But that's right. I'm hanging out with my best friend, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, and the rest of the, the team in the next few days. And then other exciting news. But we're in the process of pinning a contract or a lease for some um downtown office space. So we're going to be um downtown Franklin tennessee so we're right in the suburbs of nashville still consider us a nashville business but um guys we're gonna have some exciting stuff if this all lines up like i think it is um y'all just wait over the next six nine months we're gonna have some opportunities so that when you come to the great tourist destination of nashville tennessee we're going to have an opportunity for the money guy family to kind of tie in and create a, a tourist type opportunity with us
1: i'm sh- I can I can already see the lines going around the corner now, and I love it,
0: and I love it. <laughs> That's why, uh, full disclosure, we've already figured out we're going to have to feed you in order to, to bribe people to come hang out with us. So we, we don't think we're that likable that people actually show up on their own accord. So um, let's jump in. Let me first go ahead and give the, the starting stuff so you know where in the heck you've landed. This is The Money Guy Show. I'm your host, Brian Preston. If you want to write the show, you can write me directly at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at com, or you can write my co host, Mr. Bo Hansen at Bo, Bo, at moneyguy.com. And remember, if you love what you're hearing on the show and you go check us out on moneyguy.com, you sign up uh, you know, to get the free blast emails and also sign up so you have complete free access to all of our audio archives all the way back to 2006, that's right, we've been doing this for over a decade, and you're still craving more, and you decide you want to take the relationship to the next level, we have something for you there too. We're always looking for great new clients to our wealth management business. Work with clients in 33 states currently, so if you like what you hear, you think that we could add value to your financial life, feel free to take the relationship to the next level and um, write us for that as well. But Jumping into how you leverage fear to recognize opportunity, this one's a cool one because I got to tell you, we're in a unique time. I think, you know, I talked about the hurricane briefly, and that's one fear. Obviously, Mother Nature creates all kind of havoc, and and that's just something we come to expect. But there's artificial fear that's created also. And a lot of that, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the financial media, if you're talking about the political media. And don't worry, I'm not, I don't care if you're, You know, a fan of Trump, I don't care if you're a fan of Clinton, no political speak here. I mean, if we talk about things, I'm not going to pick on any candidates or anything. I think we're above and beyond that. We're here to help you make the best financial decisions to extend the value of what your wallet can reach, so we don't need to get into partisan politics on either side. But I will tell you, there seems to be this common drumbeat that's going on right now where the media in general is trying to make you be very fearful of this election, no matter which way you're going with this whole thing. And I wanted to tell you, kind of take a step back and realize, is it really worth getting that worked up about? And does this actually impact your personal financial life in any stretch uh, uh, of your imagination? Now, yes, it could have tax impacts and other things, but I think overall 10 years grand scheme, as long as you understand your human emotions and how fear plays into your portfolio, you're going to be okay. And we just want to make sure we equip you with all the tools to make those best decisions, to have the strategies to, to maximize what happens with your money. So with that, Bo, you ready to kind of jump into these things? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this because this is one of those fun ones. So this is going to seem counterintuitive, but here's the opportunities. We came up with three big ones and then kind of went into dialed in in Money Guy fashion into the details of how you actually spot these opportunities. The first one is one we have talked about, and you hear this as the basic tenant to all successful investing, and that's buy low sell high. We hear that and you're like, okay, Brian, come on. Beyond common sense is what we're talking about here. I know saying buy low, sell high doesn't tell the whole story. There's really two components to that common adage that's going to help you figure out what's enabling success. Mm-hmm. And the first one is you need to understand if you're going to be able to buy low, sell high, and truly maximize that, that great investment foundation, you have to understand the value of things. There's this thing called intrinsic value. Our boy, I say our boy, our mentor or our guy we look up to, Warren Buffett, he always is talking about every time I mean I don't think there's been a letter to shareholders in the last two to three years that has not specifically dialed into intrinsic value. Um and what that means is is you as an individual need to understand what things around you are worth. And if you understand what things are worth and you, you're just keeping that, that constant barometer of, of knowledge going, if there are periods where things go below, That value, you can spot it. That's an opportunity. You know, hey, there's something that has gone below what the book value is, what the, the intrinsic value of, you know, things more people are buying that product. I recognize that this is all emotional. This is not actually based in reality or financial knowledge. So why don't I find an opportunity to maximize that? That is what you have to understand what the value of things are. The second is, Is you have to be prepared to run in the exact opposite direction of everybody else. That is, um, it sounds easy, you know, to be a contrarian, because that's what we're talking about. To, To buy low, sell high is really means that you're being a contrarian. Because what is actually going on when people are running in the complete opposite direction of where you are? They're scared. I mean, fear is a powerful human emotion. And I think it's one of those things that, as an individual, if you can't grab a hold of your human emotions and put analytical props, things that help you kind of overcome the emotional side, you're just not going to be effective. You're not going to be able to create that financial life, that financial independence, and that success that you're so entitled to and deserve through your hard work and, and, and investing into the future. You know, Warren Buffett has that saying that you've heard us say if you've been listening to The Money Guy Show for any, any length of time, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. That is so powerful. But unless you understand the value and you understand how to control your emotions, you're going to have a hard time maximizing the buy low, sell high.
1: So we get that, right, Brian? So we know that you're supposed to buy low and then you sell high, and we should be contrary, and when everybody's moving in one direction, we should move in the other. But what do we do right now? So I think everyone is probably scared, right, whether you're on the the uh, Trump side or the Clinton side or no side or whatever side you might be on. You recognize that there's some fear in here, but some people think that things are all rainbows and unicorns, going to keep moving in the right direction, and some people think the sky is going to fall tomorrow. Does it? If there doesn't seem like everyone's moving in one solid direction, everyone's on the same page, everyone's going uh, in the same direction, how do you know how to be contrarian?
0: Well, I, I think first the, you have to get to the fundamental of what you were asking. There is not a time in history where people weren't scared. I mean, I think, you know, we, we think that we always think that we're in this completely new period of time where things are unlike they've ever been. And I don't know that I believe this new paradigm thought that's put out there among among everybody, especially in the, the media. Um, I think that there's always bad stuff going on. We're in a broken world. And there's just things that are always going to be going wrong. But the human spirit in that invisible hand that you hear talk, Adam Smith talk about in Wealth of Nations back from the 1770s when that book was first published. And, you know, there is something about the human spirit with innovation, technology, and other things where even though things are bad and there's always going to be bad things around, there is this just appetite to make things more efficient, better. And and if and if you can just let the marketplace have that opportunity, and I think you see that, with the world is a smaller place. How in the world are we working with clients in thirty-three states, Bo? Right. It's technology. It's 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 the world is just incredible. I mean, we were looking as we were going around looking at this office space. We got to go because we. You go into these office spaces, and here in Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee, there's no empty office space. So these people are moving because, guess what, they outgrew the space they were in. So you get to meet them and you find out what they do for a living. You're like, holy cow, what an incredible place we live that you can go make enough money to employ 8 to 10 people doing that? I mean, that's really the thought you have. And it's cool stuff, too. I mean, it's, you know, whether you're making— um, the the holder for your foot pedal for your guitar. I mean, these are the type oh, yeah. of businesses, and you're and you're just like that is really cool, you know. And that, and that's the thing. Or maybe you're just the the CPAs for the musicians or something like that. They, these are the type of businesses we've run into as we've looked at office space, and you realize what a great opportunity. And I don't know if that does a good enough job of what you're talking about, Bo. But it's just I think there's always going to be voices in your ear. I have the same thing, we're going to talk about it later in the show, where I have my own fears. And I'm going to even share those with you guys. And it's not uncommon to have fears. You just have to make sure you understand what is truly things that you can control and what are things that are just part of the environment and part of the life experience. Um I want to talk about learning from the storms. Mm. And I think this is... This is something that's very personal to me is that because I feel like that a lot of my life has been driven by dark, you know, bad things that have happened. Sure. Um, You know, and that, that's the thing that I, I, I tell people fear is one of those things where you get in your darkest moments and you're scared for the future. You're scared for the, the, the obstacles that are facing you. And a lot of times the best things are you realize the talents and where your biggest opportunities are after you've had your hardest jo- hardship, maybe a job loss, maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe you faced a, a, an illness or something else that has come into your life that has created a hardship and you just you kind of get that despair moment where you go how in the world am i going to find my way through this. But here's what i find and i think this is the resilience of the human spirit as well as the other things that we're blessed with is that sometimes when you're in those darkest moments There is, and I don't know if numbness is the right word, but there is a a moment where you take inventory. You're like, wait a minute. This is about, if if, this is bad, I'm in, I am in a bad, bad place. And yet somehow I'm still functioning, you you know, and, and I'll even, I'll, I'll take this out to a bigger thing. You know, a lot of us after 2008, and if I wanted to bring this back to a money guy type thing, like the, the financial crisis of 2008, you know, you see the financial markets lose forty percent, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people who invest lost a lot of that same level. You know, thirty percent was not crazy, but I think a lot of people also drove home and they looked at and they saw their children, they saw their family, and they go, "You know what? This stinks. This is dark, but I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still working. You know, I'm I'm still functioning. You know, I'm still able to wake up in the morning. I have my health about me." Or or whatever, and you realize that numbness in the dark period can make you realize. Wait a minute, am I doing everything I should be with my talents? Am I doing the best with my time? Is everything that's been provided me? Am I maximized? Because if I can survive this, what else can I survive? Right. Why am I not taking that risk? Why am I not taking that chance? And you know, and that's what you see people. It really is that person that may be recovered from cancer. Um, you know, or, or hardship like a job loss or a loved one that says, I think I can do more. You know, I am blessed if I can survive this, what else can I step, steps can I take to be the best version of myself? And that's what you see all the time. I, I think it's interesting when you look at some of these hyper successful people. Um, Elon Musk. Without a doubt, Elon Musk is trying to change the world. I mean, you can't open up the newspaper without him now talking about trying to get to Mars. You know he's got Tesla, he's got Solar City. You know there's, there's all kind of things that that he has been involved with, and he will tell you uh, the fuel for some of that stuff is a really rough, emotionally hard childhood. If you look at someone like um Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs creates this incredible company with Steve Wozniak. He gets ousted out by the board. He then transitions over, takes that hardship, and ends up uh, ends up starting something incredible like um. Oh, wow. You know, pick, uh, Pixar. Pixar, yeah. And then he gets asked to come back and do an encore presentation at Apple and kind of turns them around with a hundred songs in your pocket with the iPod, then the iPhone. He had, you know, one of those things where he had the hardship of he got thrown out of the company that he started. And then you take, take what well, at least I think forever, but a lot of people will say my generation, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever, didn't make his high school basketball team. How incredible is that that you have these people that have these hardships and they somehow turn it into incredible things? You know, and 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 in personalizing that, you know, a lot of you guys, I don't know if you're aware, I started my company because I had a great job in Atlanta working for a really good company, and I was doing financial planning for a lot of successful people, including some famous people. We worked with a lot of athletes, we worked with some producers, we worked with agents, we did all kind of cool stuff. So marquee value, as well as CEOs of big companies, a lot of marquee value there that made it somewhat fulfilling. But then I had my father pass away, um, got sick, passed away rather quickly at the end of 2000. And I just found myself kind of empty inside. Yes, I had this great career, but I was leaving the house at 6 in the morning. I was coming home at 8 o'clock at night, and I just was like, if I have a family with this, Am I going to have a family?
1: Work, yeah. You
0: know, and and that's the thing. It, it kind of helped me prioritize what was important to me. And that's the other thing I think about hardships is that they do allow you to prioritize what is important to you and let you learn from that storm. Take that that darkness, that bad place, and and kind of see if there's some way that you can turn it into a positive. Turn that frown upside down, if you want to steal from the Toys R Us theme. But um. Those are the things that I internalize and I think that you can you can find power in some of the darkest periods. Sure. Um and, and that kind of transitions nicely into the third point on how you find opportunity within fear. And that's to to create a self-assessment of of, of fear. The cliche, um, Bo, as you helped me kind of work on the show notes, you put you you added this because you fine-tuned it. Face your fear. But what does that mean? You hear that? Face your fear. What does that really mean to you? And and I think what I would say, and it kind of t- dovetails and piggybacks on exactly what I was talking about with number two. You know, I think if you can take inventory, there is something so powerful when you put pen to paper and you write something down. And I always ask, you know, and Bo, I, I made you or I asked you, yeah. I should say, I want you to write down what your biggest and this is a big part of it controllable things that you actually can control your biggest financial and career fears that you can control if you can put those to paper you that's half the battle sure. i think to figuring things out so i asked you what was what was your biggest financial and career go the, fears
1: yeah so I, so i tried to parse this out into two right so what's your biggest career fear what's your biggest financial fear well, obviously in the industry in, in which we live in the firm in which we operate brian uh, my biggest career fear is that the music just stops. All of yeah. a sudden, people wake up tomorrow and they decide they don't need a financial advisor. They don't want to reach out, they don't want to talk to us, and there's no one uh new who considers coming to talk to us. You know, that's kind of a fear. Hopefully we keep doing this show, we keep trying to add tremendous value to our current clients, they tell their friends and family about us. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But my biggest fear is what happens if The last client that became a client is the last client who ever becomes a client. Sure. That's like a frightening, you know, frightening thing. Uh, and so certainly what we try to do is make sure we are always constantly putting ourselves in a position to be different from the other advisors out there that we're trying to provide different value and a different level of service and do something unique. Uh, and that's kind of even why, why we do this podcast. So my biggest career fear is what happens if clients decide they don't want to, you know, come and, and start working with us and then, uh, this is sort of an interesting one, I think, because, you know, I'm, uh, a little, uh, less long in the tooth than you are, right? Uh, so we all are working towards financial independence. That's kind of the thing that we're working for if you're saving and trying to build up so that you have this army of dollars that can work for you. Uh, my biggest financial fear is that I am not at this point in life financially independent. Nor should I be, nor am I supposed to be, right? Uh, so I need a few things to continue to happen between now and the time that I hit 50, 60, and so on and so on. Uh, and for me to achieve that level of financial independence where I'm debt free and I have an army of dollars and I don't have to depend on income to provide for my family and I, I need some things to continue happening to make that happen. So my biggest fear is the fact that I am not at this point financially independent. Right. Uh, so those are my, my two fears. You know, what happens if it stops and uh, what happens if all of these fantastic plans that I've put together and strategies I've put together? You know, I need some things to happen along the path to get there to be financially independent.
0: Yeah, and I, and I can completely get that, but I think you have you have so much talent that a lot of that stuff and it's easier said than than I know than to to absorb and kind of take in and internalize, but. There's so much opportunity in the future. And I think that, that fear that it goes away is, is an entrepreneurial type fear. I think everybody has that fear who's trying to create something. I, I can tell you, I internalize this in a, in a very personal way. Uh, my financial fear is, and, you know, and I'm, realize guys, I'm in my, I'm getting close to my mid forties now. I've, I've, I'm in that wounded warrior stage where I've realized that it's not all about taking over or conquering the world now. There's much more to life to, to creating. This, this memories with your family and also this connection of your mortality is much more, um, tangible to you. And I, my biggest financial fear is just providing for my loved ones when I'm not here. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, cause I, I think I have been very blessed. I, I never, I, you guys have no idea. My background of what I thought success was. I mean, a lot of that stuff has, has happened. I mean, and that is just kind of a, a goosebump feeling knowing. That more than what I ever thought would happen has occurred, but it's also this fear that's been created that having a special needs daughter and having a, a wife that I love tremendously, and then having, um, you know, you just wonder what happens when I'm not here and what can I set up to ensure that they have the, the potential to reach their maximum opportunity as, as well as just to be provided for, especially having a special needs child. So that, that's a heavy one that I carry, and that's probably why I have this insatiable appetite. Mm-hmm. To keep providing, keep doing things, keep growing, because it's, it's fulfilling also to grow. But it's also it, it it aligns nicely with that 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 tremendous financial fear I have of of what happens when Brian Preston's no longer here. The the career fear for me is similar to yours. Is that I do worry the music's gonna stop, it's all gonna go away. But I also have that that, that, that I have the unique fear of 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 does this place that I've created. Over the years, lose its magic pixie dust right uh, Does it lose the fabric that makes us different, the culture, the purpose um, the whistle while you work mentality those are kind of my and and i it, believe me i don 't want to take this thing on a sidebar work because we 'll get those 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 emails where people some people love when we get into our personal stuff and our fears and things because I think it it, it helps them connect that relationship, but then others who are here, the, the engineers out there listening are like, come on, guys, give me back. I want those rules of thumb. I want the analytics, but I do think it's one of those things where you can take inventory and guys, there is something magical when it is tangible, when it is measurable. Um, we did a, we go and speak at conferences and one of the things that we tried to give as, a, as guidance from a practice management standpoint for all other financial advisors is to kind of put together a list of who you want to work with right. and then go and look at your existing client base and see who you're working with and compare it to that list. And I got to tell you guys when I started doing this this list probably 6 years ago, it was 70/30, meaning yep. that I was only working with 30% 30% of my clients looked like that ideal client list. You fast forward 6 years, it was almost really a year to to 18 months after we started this list this magical transformation started occurring. And, um, now I'd say our business is probably 85% to 15%, meaning 85% of our, our clients are exactly who we want to be working with. And I don't know if it's a, a, a subliminal thing. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but it really, the, the magical thing that happened is when we wrote it down. And I think you can take that, extend that beyond your financial life. If there's goals that you want, write them down. And that's why I thought it was, Bo, and I thought it was so powerful to share with you to taking inventory because those things, as we talk them out, they they take a life of their own and hopefully the solution starts finding its way through that process. Yeah,
1: I I love how you moved in that direction. So once you've kind of written down your fears, the things that you are nervous about, or the things that are unsettling from a career perspective or a financial perspective, look at that, assess that, and then kind of take a step away. And just like you said, Brian... Write down those things, and we've done this as, as a firm exercise here. What do you want? If everything went according to plan, where do you want to be one year from now? What do you want your career, financial, family, social, community situation to like three years from now? What do you want it to look like five years from now? And then uh, we have a whiteboard that we keep in our office. At the very top of the whiteboard, there's something, and this is what it says. It says, what are we doing today today? To be the firm we want to be five years from now. And we can all do that in our own personal situation. If there are things that you aspire to, if there are things you want to work towards, what are the tangible things that you are doing today, right now, in this moment to work towards that goal? And if you can operate with that sort of at the forefront of your mind, it will help quelch a lot of those fears because you begin using that fear to make success a self-fulfilling prophecy for you.
0: And, and, and that ties in nice, cause the second thing I had was creating a plan to avoid regret. Bo, you're still in that warrior phase. I've talked to you, you know, I've gone through enough men's studies, things and other things.
1: When, when I think of myself, Brian, I do think of myself. Oh, I know, a warrior, cause you're, so in glad, I mean, you, you're in that you age. You I mean, you're in that age. I mean, believe
0: me, if you go through the life cycle of your psyche, you're supposed to be in that phase right now. I mean, it is. I mean, I was there at some point in my life. And that's why I told you I'm now the wounded warrior. I've realized that. There's only so much there are limitations to taking over the world. And, um, and, and that's where, but I, I think the other side of being in my, my mid forties is that you start seeing, I've looked around my life and there a lot of people in my life have what I would call the classical midlife crisis. Sure. And I think, um, there's different things that create midlife crisis. Uh, but for some people I've seen, it is reaching your mid forties, starting to understand your mortality and then realizing, that a lot of what you've done in life is not creating that fulfilled life you always thought you would have. You start questioning your your job. You start questioning where you are in your relationships, and unfortunately, instead of of creating something, a plan of action to stabilize, some people just short circuit and go crazy right. and and do things not in the best way. So I would tell you. Hearing just knowing your personality, you're creating an action plan you're creating a plan of steps that help you you know digest that elephant one bite at a time right. as you hear people talk about and as if you can just come up with a plan and know what you want to accomplish and actually start working through those steps, you will be head and shoulders above above your peers because guys, I can tell you I think the majority unfortunately the majority of people that surround us are just going through life. They're just going through it. They're just trying to wake up in the morning, get the meals down, get the work done, put the kids to bed. And at the end of the day, they're not taking that extra time, that little bit of time it takes to create the plan that really sets you up for success. Yep. It is those little steps that makes you different than and puts you up, sets you up for a life that is different as well. And that those are the things, you know, I know that this is probably one of those those. Those podcasts where, cause I love giving formulas. I'm, a, I'm as analytical as you want to be. I come from a public accounting background. I love those things where I can give you the magic formula for how to calculate your net worth or to, to measure where you should be in life. And, but I think that sometimes it can be just as powerful if we talk about the emotional, the behavioral side of where you are also in your financial journey, because Your toolbox, the what you need to prepare for the future, is not all analytics, guys, because you're going to find out as you get older, as you mature in your life, and a lot of my listeners, you guys who are in your 50s and 60s who are listening to this, you're giving me some amens right now because you know what I'm talking about is that you realize that a lot of those steps, those ripple waves that you created in your 20s and your 30s, man, that tell that you created when you were younger, follows you around and creates the future that you hopefully can have. So I like if I can give you these emotional tools in addition to the analytical tools that we cover in the other Money Guy episodes, and it can set you up for the future. So just to kind of summarize as we close this out, the three things that I want you to be able to leverage off of fear and to create opportunity is understanding how to buy low and sell high. And that's really understanding intrinsic value of the value of goods and also being able to run the opposite way of everybody else to be able to harness that fear to find value number two is learn from the storms when you're in dark periods i want you to have the wherewithal to look around and go what even though i'm in this horrible situation can i benefit from What can I harness from this bad situation to turn this into a good thing? And then use, the last thing is to use that fear to self-assess. Take inventory and create a plan to avoid regret. If you can do all that, you will set yourself up to have the life. As Bo as they already told you, using those dollars, that army of dollar bills, so you don't have to work with your back, hands, brain. I mean, it. that is where financial independence lies. That's where fulfillment lies. And that's why we do this Money Guy show, to go beyond common sense and restore order to your financial chaos. I'm your host, Brian Preston. Hopefully I'll come back with some Hurricane as well as Disney stories, and we'll keep you posted on any other updates. Check us out, moneyguy.com. I'll talk to you in two weeks.
1: The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.